It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode today, the major characters are gorillas, cats, cows, birds, raccoons, ferrets, dogs, and monkeys. And did I mention this is an airline show? <laughs> This episode is called It's a Zoo Up Here. Now, that could describe many of my days at work on the airplane with like crazy passengers or crew members, but this episode is about actual animals. It's really quite shocking how many animal stories people have on the airplane. Uh, but let's get going to our zoo episode. A good day, good day to the mailman as she passes and she sees the city glowing in the morning and she feels that she might burn. It actually is my late husband's story. He worked the ramp for Continental and uh, one day they had a great big huge raccoon that was in a cage and he was in his cage and they were going to put him on the airplane. Well, the animals go on the aircraft last. And so they were waiting for the flight to leave, and so they were playing with the raccoon. They were trying to feed the raccoon. Well, the r raccoon didn't want any of the food. Trying to push sandwiches in there, and he didn't want anything to do with the sandwiches, didn't want anything to do with the lettuce, didn't want anything to do with the peanuts. So they shoved a piece of pa paper in with Mr. Raccoon. Mr. Raccoon ripped it all up. He just thought that that was really fun, so they kept putting little pieces of paper in with Mr. Raccoon, and Mr. Raccoon would rip it up, and pretty soon, the flight's getting ready to leave, so Mr. Raccoon is boarded onto the aircraft. Bye-bye, Mr. Raccoon. Well, last-minute bags come down, so my husband opens up the door to the cargo pit, and there's Mr. Raccoon reaching out as far as he can for bag tags off of the bags and ripping them up into little tiny little pieces. And this was at the time that the bag tags were all different colors. And he said Mr. Raccoon had thousands of pieces of colored paper all over the bottom of his little cage. So Mr. So Mr. Raccoon had a great time. And my husband closed the bin up and said, Bye-bye, Mr. Raccoon. And those poor people were probably would lose those their bags. Those were all the transfer bags. Oh, my gosh. A lot of bags lost. <laughs> I know a girl named Betty who wears leather shoes. There was a, a gorilla being transported from a zoo in the southeast on up to Seattle, Washington. 
and on the layover exchange in Salt Lake City, this poor gorilla either woke up to drugs wore off or it had enough because the 727 was taxiing out to take off and the ape goes bonkers in the in the cargo bin and he's rattling his cage and bouncing around and it's making a racket. The people can hear it. Uh, it actually, it's kind of making a plane shake. And the pilots go, we're not flying with an ape going nuts in the cargo bin. <laughs> we're sorry. So they had a taxi back in. They they must have taken this thing off and let it settle down and sent it on a layer of flight. But just the whole concept of a plane having the taxi back to let the gorilla off was just mind-boggling. So when I started podcasting, I think I had no idea how many stories there are about animals on the plane. I just didn't really associate animals with air travel that much, but we transport a lot of animals and the pilots see them on their uh, walk arounds and then the ramp guys deal with them directly. So this pilot was telling me that they had a big problem with a certain animal they were transporting. It was a huge crate, really large with air holes. And there was a sign by the air holes that said, do not look in air holes. <laughs> well, <laughs> people being people and the nature of the curiosity of people, every ramp guy had to go and look in the air hole <laughs> to see what was in the crate. And what was in the crate was a gorilla and gorillas view direct eye contact as aggression. If you're in the wild, you never look at a wild gorilla because he's going to charge at you. So here this gorilla is confined and having all these people come and look at it because there's a sign that says, do not look. <laughs> they would have been better off with a sign that said, everybody must look in the air holes. <laughs> Nobody probably will look. But apparently this gorilla kept getting more and more angry. He started rocking the crate back and forth. It became a big problem. You can't have, you know, a moving crate in the <laughs> in the cargo bin of an aircraft. Eventually, they had to, to uh, transport that gorilla by ground. That is the second gorilla story I've heard. <laughs> I just didn't know we had so many gorilla passengers. As he rolls his eyes, getting up for work, putting on a smirk, cause he knows that Betty City, it comes first. Panama City, Panama. Uh, Which is very nice, by the way. Yeah, and they have, for their security down there, they had a, a yellow lab. I did that trip a lot, so I, I saw the same yellow lab, and I have a chocolate lab. So, you know, I used to like to watch the dog do its work. And they would take it up on the belt loader. And the belt loader's going up, and so the dog is facing downhill, and as the bags come up, the dog would sniff each bag and then kind of like step over it, sniff the next one. Well, one day, she I guess she hadn't been taken out for her morning routine because one of the bags, it was in a cloth bag, it was like a duffel bag, went over, and she sniffed it, and then she peed on the bag <laughs> as it's going up. She, <laughs> it's like, whoops. And you I, know, people are going to be like, oh, what is that smell? Yeah, and it had to be a it had to be a cloth bag, you know. It couldn't be a hard side bag. So I'm sure it's soaked in there, really good. We were born, we were flying from Atlanta to Orlando, 
And um, so short flight, 757. We had this elderly gentleman who was traveling with his cat, Charlie, his black cat, Charlie. And towards the end of the flight, when we were so we were just about starting down, I just spoke to the captain, and we we're going to initiate our approach. And one of the flight attendants came and said, the cat's not in the, in the container. So I said, are you sure? So our mister was in the lavatory at this time. When he got back to his seat, he didn't even realize that the cat had gotten out of the box, out of the zip container. So I made an announcement at that time. Now we're about 20 minutes outside of our destination. I make an announcement. Has anybody seen Charlie, the black cat? He boarded with, with us all. Anyway, all of a sudden, all these people... Yeah, I saw him. He went that way, except it was like 45 minutes ago. But nobody said a word But not you. one person said anything <laughs> until I made the announcement. It was the strangest. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my goodness. And he said, yeah, no, he went that way. He went that way through first class. So I'm, I'm making an announcement. I tell this poor guy, call, you know, call him. Call him. He's up there. I, so I'm on my hands and knees walking through first class thinking that now Charlie's probably backed himself into a corner somewhere and he's just, you know, laying low. We didn't find this cat, but as I'm on my hands and knees in first class, I know one of the wall supports, the panel is gone. So I'm thinking, well, that's it. Charlie's now in the belly of the aircraft. <laughs> So we landed. We couldn't find this cat anyway. So this, and coincidentally, this woman in 1B, she'd had like four Bloody Marys. She said, I saw that cat right after takeoff. She said, before you guys even got up off the jump seat, that cat walked up there. I said, well, you didn't say, how come you didn't say anything? They thought it was our... Nobody said a word. Until, that's what I'm saying, until I made an announcement, like it was, oh yeah, they're just the cat just Charlie went by. So we land, of course, we don't have a choice. I tell the captain, I said, you know, when you when you land, tell ops, when they open the cargo door, to kind of be prepared if a black thing jumps out at them. Figuring that's where he was. So they open the door at two left, and um, the passengers go off, and we're, you know, and this woman who's in 1B... Now she says, I know this cat is up here. And I said, look, you know, we moved all the carts. We, we've checked everywhere. I don't know where. I know this cat is up here because I saw him come up there. And I think she felt badly that she hadn't said, hey, you know what? A black cat just walked by. So she stayed when everybody got off and we're all trying to find this cat. She got on her hands and knees, lifted up the bustle at the one left door. And there was this cat just like practically frozen. Because it had, like she said, just right after takeoff, before we were even, you know, at 10,000. The corn, they're rubber. They're rubber. And he had just, he just scooted under there, and she pulled him out, and he was like, but I was so glad. I mean, it, I just, I, it broke my heart to see this poor old guy with his, you know, companion. Yeah. So we went anyway. We all well then. So we went down to the baggage claim and we said, "We got, we found Charlie." And everybody clapped. <laughs> it was cute. Now this story was sent to me in an email from another flight attendant, and the email was entitled "A Day Without Laughter Is a Day 
wasted. And it says a woman was flying from Seattle to San Francisco, and unexpectedly, the plane was diverted to Sacramento along the way. The flight attendant got on the PA and explained there would be a delay, and if the passengers wanted to get off the aircraft, the plane would reboard in approximately 50 minutes. Now, everybody got off the plane except one lady who was blind, and a man noticed her as he walked by and could tell she was blind because of her seeing eye dog that laid quietly beneath the seats in front of her throughout the entire flight. He could also tell that she had flown the flight before because the pilot approached her and and, and calling her by name said, Kathy, uh, we're going to be in Sacramento for almost an hour. Would you like to get off the airplane and, and stretch your legs? And the blind lady replied, no, thanks, but maybe my dog would like to stretch his legs. So picture this. All the people in the gate area come to a complete standstill when they look up and see a pilot walk off the plane in his pilot uniform with a seeing eye dog. And the pilot was even wearing sunglasses. <laughs> people scattered and, and they not only tried to change planes, but they tried to change airlines. It says it's a true story. Have a great day. And remember, things aren't always how they appear. Baby likes to watch the city wake up as the sun glides through the sky. Baby likes to watch the city wake up and she knows that she could lie here happy and free and all that she could be. I had a lady seated at a window seat with a kind of a large handbag on the seat next to her. Well, she had a little cup of grapes. And I would walk by her, and she would just, like, throw a grape in her purse, which I thought was a little strange. So I saw her do it a couple of times, and then one day, I, one minute, I just walked by her and said, i got to know what's up with the uh, throwing the grapes in the purse. She opened her purse, and she had a monkey about the size of a palm sitting in there, so cute, on top of her wallet, holding the grape like an apple and eating this grape. It was the cutest thing, and he just looked up at me with those cute monkey eyes, eating this grape, and I went, I saw nothing. She would have gotten busted for having a monkey in her purse. And it was so cute, I went, okay. Happy and free, and all that she could be. Baby likes to watch the city wake up, and the city says, you know, Western Airlines stories are always just ripe for picking. They, they were good when they were happening, and they're even better now after all this time. And thinking back on one of my favorite captains, his first name was Steve. He was just so widely uh, loved as a, as a fun guy to fly with. But I was flying with him as a second officer on the 727. And uh, on... One occasion, he was flying with one of our livelier co-pilots, and, and he's also retired at, at this point. He, I, I wish I could say his name. If I did, it would bring uh, lights to life for, for many people who remember. His name was Bob, but I won't tell you his last name. And between the two of them, things were very lively in the cockpit, and they liked to fly as fast as they could from point to point to see who could do it the fastest. Uh, for instance, from Las Vegas to Los Angeles, it was always uh, just hang on and try and keep up because the two of them were going to get you there as fast as, as they possibly could. When they were trying to go as fast as they could from point to point, this was from Anchorage to Fairbanks. And having just landed in Anchorage for a quick turnaround, it was in the wintertime, and when we landed there, the cabin filled with smoke and... 
The flight attendants rang the call button and uh, panically said, the cabin's got smoke all over in it. And, uh, so I was sitting in there right by the cockpit door and opened the door and leaned back and looked down the aisle. And it was kind of funny because all the passengers on the aisle seats were leaning out into the aisle and looking up at me. It's kind of like I'm saying, what's going on back there? And they're saying, do something about it. And uh, so we're landing, and it really wasn't an appropriate time to do like a smoke and fumes checklist or anything. So I just shut off the air conditioning and, and told Steve about it, and, and he said, okay, fix it. <laughs> and we taxied into the gate, and it's a real short taxi in Anchorage. And by the time we got in there and got the engine shut down and the APU going, and it all cleared out, no problem. And so there really was no checklist run. It's kind of self-resolved, and... and uh, I told Steve, you know, there's a good chance this will happen when we take off again. He said, okay. <laughs> and that was the end of it. There was no discussion or anything. And um, at the weather conditions were that it was uh, wintertime and cold and snow everywhere. The, the runway was wet but clear, as I recall. And uh, sure enough, when we, when we took off from there, we're climbing out right after takeoff. The flight attendant rings the call button again and says, There's smoke in the cabin again. And uh, I opened up the door and leaned back and looked out. And sure enough, everybody's leaning into the aisle. And they're looking up and, and uh, wondering what in the world is going on. And uh, so I told Steve, I said, Steve, we got smoke in the cockpit again. And uh, he said, Roger, give me max continuous power. Because he wanted to get to Fairbanks as fast as he could. So I said, okay. So I looked that up and gave it to him. And then uh, I'm getting the checklist out and uh, basically used the smoke and fume elimination checklist to remove the smoke at that point. It all went away and got the air conditioning back on properly. And it, and it was fine. So we landed in Fairbanks. And, and uh, I, uh, this time I didn't tell Steve it probably would happen again. So I just went ahead and called maintenance on my own. And uh, they said, oh, yeah, no problem there. They're putting urea on the runway in Anchorage so that there won't be any ice on it. And it it uh, sometimes gets sprayed up by the wheels and into the engines. It gets burned in the engines and makes smoke and comes right through the air conditioning system. And so that's why it not only smokes, but that's why it smells so bad. <laughs> but we got to Fairbanks in record time. <laughs> so the moral of that story is... Oh, yes, the moral... If you're a passenger in an airplane and the cabin fills with smoke, don't worry. There may be nothing wrong with the airplane. It might just be your ordinary, everyday cow poop. <laughs> We're laying over in Delhi, and we had all agreed to meet for lunch at this one particular restaurant where the food was really good. And uh, one of the flight attendants wanted to do a little shopping for us and said she'd meet us later. So... She comes in and she's laughing. I mean, tears are rolling down her face and she's laughing and she's late. And we're saying, what happened? So she had taken a shortcut to come to the restaurant over this piece of waste ground. And a young boy had approached her to give her a shoe shine. And she was saying, no, no, you know, I'm fine. I don't need a shoe shine. And he kept bothering her. And then finally she kept saying no and was very stern with him. So he picked up a a handful of cow dung, threw it on her shoes, and said, shoe shine? <laughs> That's a way to drum up business. Yeah. She 
Now, this next story I got from a listener, listener Ron, and uh, he said he had a story about his first day as a flight attendant. He said, I was on reserve and I was just out of training on my first assignment and it was Boston to San Juan on an A300. I was nervous because I was brand new, but the crew was great. And uh, during the flight, several passengers uh, beneath this one center section of seats kept getting dripped on. And we all assumed it was condensation from the air conditioning system. So we kept wiping it down and, and trying to get it to stop dripping. And when we landed in San Juan, I was sitting at the three right door in the middle of coach cabin and this great flight attendant sugar <laughs> was sitting at three left on the other side right next to the dripping passenger service unit and we get to the gate and we disarm the doors and when i hear sugar start to scream rats we've got rats <laughs> well it turns out this eccentric woman had placed her two ferrets in an empty overhead bin and they had urinated and defecated all over the bin during the flight. So it was dripping on the passengers and what we were wiping up was not water, not condensation, but ferret pee. <laughs> he said that was a memorable beginning of my career as a flight attendant. Thanks, Ron. Okay, so you had a delay because of a uh, animal on a plane. <laughs> okay, we got a we got called from the back that the flight attendants, when they were doing their security check, had pulled the carts out, and there was something laying in the very back of the galley, and they couldn't identify it, and they thought possibly it might be a dead rat. So various calls were made to various departments and nobody wanted to take care of the problem. Eventually we got quite a squad of people coming on to investigate. At this point we did have to take a delay. Eventually it was figured out it wasn't a dead rat. It was a very, very old breakfast sausage that had gone bad and it was turning moldy. Like furry sausage. Furry sausage. But Chad Atkins and his wife uh, on the aircraft, they were uh, in first class and she was uh, working, I think this was on a DC 7. He's a uh, country. He's a country and western guitar player. Yeah, from back in the '60s and '70s, he was very popular back then. And uh, she brought him his meal and, and uh, set it down on his tray. And he says, uh, "Excuse me, miss. There's there's a fly in my soup. This is, I know this sounds really cliche, but she looked at it. It is true. It is true. And she swears it. All she could think to say was, "No pets." <laughs> Story takes a little bit of a visual lead up. This flight attendant that's going to tell the story, she's a very pretty flight attendant. She has a lot of hair. Her hair is long and wavy, and it's mainly brunette, but with really pretty 
blonde highlights all through, different types of color blonde, straw, gold, caramel, really beautiful hair. And she wears it piled on top of her head. So it's all pulled up in a big clip. It takes a big clip to hold it up and the rest of it spills out on top of her head. It's a really pretty classy look. And here she is with her story. Hey, you're on a Guadalajara flight and what happened? So it was a full flight and someone had a bird that got loose. So what if, kind of bird? I don't know. But it was going to be taken once they got to customs because you can't bring animals, right? And it was in like a paper bag. It wasn't like in a bird cage. So it flies out and it lands in my hair. And so, of course, I scream. I'm like, ah! So then I go, okay, whose bird is it? And like five people raise their hand. And I'm like, wait a minute, how can you find, you know? Because they were all trying to tr- protect this bird, which everyone knows is going to be killed, right, when it gets there. So it goes and hides under the luggage, you know, and then about 10 minutes later, I do whatever I'm doing, and it flies out again, and it lands in my hair. Because <laughs> you thought it was a bird's nest. And I screamed again. <laughs> because you wear your hair in a clip on top of your head. <laughs> exactly. So I went there twice. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know who got it or what. But somebody put it back in the bag into the thing. And then the people got off and it's like, well, at least the flight attendants remain calm. That's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. You know how when you're boarding an aircraft and you sit down and there's nobody sitting next to you and you're just watching as people get on, you know, you're thinking, oh, who is it? Who's it going to be? It's going to be good. Is it going to be bad? Is it going to be scary? It's going to have a crying baby. It's going to be a big fat person. <laughs> you never know. You never know who's going to sit next to you. But I bet you they're not as bad as, you know, a a mean gorilla, <laughs> parrot pee, <laughs> raccoon stealing your luggage. <laughs> so all of you animals out there, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. And I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. Bye.